0: Amen. Good morning. Who loved the camp praiser size this morning? <laughs> that, was, that's, that was absolutely incredible. Oh, bless them. You, uh, you saw the video. I, I wanna, I'm going to pull a few things out of that uh, this morning. I think there's a very powerful message there for us to, to get into our hearts today. Uh, attitude determines altitude and opportunity. If I was going to call this a message, that would be the title. Um, I should introduce myself. My name's Ken Dolman. I have the privilege and the pleasure to serve on the eldership team at the Rock Church here. To those online, good morning. Uh, Welcome. Work. Work is an activity defined as involving mental or physical effort in order to achieve a purpose or a result. Uh, Malcolm Gladwell, in his his book, Outliers, talks about the 10,000-hour rule, that uh, if somebody practices something, if they do something, practice well for 10,000 hours, they should be kind of an expert. Well, I, I, I kind of laughed because I was figuring out the other day that I've been working for about 44 years. Uh, given the, uh, the standard 200-hour work year, that's like 88,000 hours. So I'm, I'm hoping that I'm good at something by now. One thing that really not so much was I learned how to fly back in... Uh, in 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 the early 80s, in fact, you met uh, a, a very accomplished pilot. Uh, Keith was greeting this morning, uh, absolutely outstanding. Love some of his stories. When you learn how to fly, they talk about visual flight rules, and so this is this is you, your plane. Think of you in relation to the natural horizon, and there's uh, there's attitudes that you have. The attitudes being your posture, if you will, to the natural horizon. So, if you're pitching up and down on the longitudinal axis, that's your pitch. Your your attitude to at the horizon is either positive, going up; negative, going down. Or you're banking left to right on the on the vertical, uh, or on the latitudinal. Uh, now you know why I don't fly. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Fly far, yeah, let somebody else look after that. But um, what, what's really interesting is when, you, when you're flying, to have that, you have to have a positive attitude to take off. So for your altitude, for you to climb, you've got to have that positive attitude. Even when you land, you uh, you come down, so it's kind of negative, but when you come down and you land, at the very last moment, you do this maneuver called flaring, which means you go back to a positive attitude, slows down your airspeed, slows down your rate of, of descent, and you just kind of grease those wheels on, hopefully, uh, and that's that. The other I really like was, um, was unusual attitudes. That was given to uh, uh, where you would go out and practice in a practice area, spiral dives, you know, going around, or full spins, all these things that you hope you never actually experience unless you're, uh, you're, um, you're practicing. But I think of unusual attitudes in in, in the workplace too, you know, the the, the boomer boss who's got an employee who comes late for work, and he yells at them, uh, you know, why weren't you here at 8.30? And the millennial says, why, what happened at 8.30? So, so let's let's kind of get into uh, work ethic. So that's really what we're talking about this morning, and we're gonna we're gonna see what Solomon continuing uh, message on Proverbs. See what Solomon had to say about work ethic. Um, work, work ethic is de- defined as a belief in work is a moral good, a set of values centered on the importance of doing work, and reflected especially in the desire or the determination to work hard. Now, there are thousands if not millions of self-help books out there. They'll, you are know, giving you all the tips and different things to, to do with work. The, the fundamental problem with those is that they tend to be centered on, especially in this uh, postmodern, post post-Judeo-Christian worldview that many authors espouse. Uh, they're, you know, it's human wisdom. It's uh, reflecting today's culture. It's, uh, um, just kind of relativism, you know, in terms of the trends of today. So, so today we're going to go to our source. We're going to the owner's manual, uh, and that's the Word of God. Timothy and uh, Paul, in his second letter to Timothy, said all Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Good works build goodwill and an opportunity for the good news. So Proverbs 6, 6 to 11, we'll go through this uh, fairly quickly. Uh, this is Solomon having observed uh, the, the natural world and, and uh, using that um, as examples for us. Uh, go to the ant you sluggard, consider its ways and be wise. Interesting lessons, you know, ant colonies, they they can be up to a half a million ants, and they work, and, and, and uh, uh, interesting, it says, it has no commander, no overseer or ruler, yet it stores its provisions in summer and gathers its food at harvest. This speaks to the value of initiative, initiative that comes from within, right? This isn't external, This is this is internal, and for us, that that initiative to be to be transformed from the inside out is the work of Jesus Christ on the cross so we'll go on a little sleep a little slumber a little folding of the hands to rest and poverty will come on you like a bandit and like scarcity like an armed man you know so here the bandit is an armed robber so this is the thief when we know that our enemy the thief comes to to kill and to destroy uh, and scarcity speaks to the the threat of external um external forces and so we we know that it, in the world, these, this is sort of the uh, the plate uh, and, uh, that's before us. Proverbs 10.26, if we can go to that, speaks to the consequences of wicked foolishness. As vinegar to the teeth and smoke to the eyes, so the lazy man to those who send him. So what does vinegar do? Vinegar uh, to the teeth, vinegar is acidic causes the teeth to basically dissolve, to rot. And we know that that uh, at least dentists and doctors will tell you that, that if you have problems in your mouth and your gums and so on, that can bring disease into your body and, and literally um, kill the host. So all this is going on while your vision is blurred from the smoke, and we got a taste of smoke uh, this, this summer, haven't we? Uh, and so um, as an employer, can, can you, can you um, imagine... Sending that kind of a like having that kind of an employee, sending that person out. That person is supposed to represent you, and they don't have uh, you know their 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 attitude and their behavior is is sort of this wicked foolishness. And what we're really looking for is integrity. And this is an instance where there's no integrity at all, right? Integrity is the quality of being honest and having strong moral principles. I've I've had the pleasure of of uh, developing. Value statements and 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 sets of values, which are really kind of like the, the, the guiding foundational principles for for three different companies that I've uh, uh, had the pleasure of leading as as a CEO. In every instance, integrity was number one, and so I think we really want to take that um, uh, into our hearts today. It all starts with integrity. Proverbs 12:27. Uh, the lazy does not roast any game, but the diligent feed on the riches of the hunt. So we're kind of getting a little bit farther. Uh, S- Solomon's giving us a clue here as well that, that uh, lazy isn't just inactivity. If, if we aren't following things through to completion, that too Uh, Can be uh, considered uh, laziness, not not being being diligent. I remember growing up as a kid. I was a hardball pitcher, and and my coach always said, "You gotta follow through. You gotta follow through if you're gonna, you know, hit the you know hit the strike zone as opposed to the batter. You need to you need to be able to to follow through." It reminds me of, you know, of of uh, uh, the mother pounding on the uh, on the son's door. You know, wake up, wake up! It's you got to go to work. And and the son says, "Oh, come on, mom! It's it's you know, go away! It's Sunday. Listen, I got two good reasons you got to go to work. Number one, you're 40 years old. Number two, you're the pastor." <laughs> <laughs> Has anybody ever ever seen Homes on Homes, You know, Mike Holmes. He's the guy that makes things right. You know, the, the construction thing, the contractor. Adam will uh, appreciate this. You know, how many times have you watched an episode where there was a contractor, and they abandoned something, that some work halfway through? You know, maybe they got paid, whatever it was. They abandoned it, and, and, uh, and off they go. You know, again, that's, that's, uh, that's a real character flaw, and it's expensive, and it's taking advantage of people, but uh, that's, you know, a, a real example of the, the impact of lack of follow through and 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 as a result building bad will not goodwill so this this uh, kind of brings us to another concept that we find in proverbs 12:24 and that's diligence the hand of the diligent will rule but the lazy man will be put to forced labor you know the irony here is is that the lazy uh, person ends up um, in a, in a subservient role, they all, they they are forced to uh, to work uh, and to work for someone else. You know, in Christ, we're children of promise. We're children of the promise, and we're not slaves. Uh, and diligent hands here, they work like a servant, but they rule like a king. This reminds me of uh, of, of a practice that I that I. I Truly believe in at work, and that is servant leadership, uh, as opposed to self-serving leadership. Servant leaders look at leadership as an act of service. You know, in in um, 1923, Sigmund Freud, the psychoanalyst, came up with um, with the phrase with the term ego, right, which is sort of essentially your psyche, your your sense of uh, of awareness. Um, there's a gentleman that uh, I first came across years ago when he wrote The uh, the One Minute Manager and uh, since that time had a, um, a, a life-changing experience uh, uh, Time with um, with the Lord and just uh, uh, just absolutely absolutely changed his life, his encounter with the Lord. Um, Ken Blansard. And he he's uh, you know a management consultant and and focuses on a number of things. And what he focused on was issues of the heart rather than sort of issues of the mind. And he said, "Well, I'm, I wanted to find ego as this exalt God only." And so by doing that, you push out, and as a leader uh, or, you know, even as, as, uh, as an employee in the workplace, you push out things like pride. You can push out things like fear that will, that will color and, and impact the way you behave. Uh, it'll give you, uh, enable you to lead with trust and to avoid gossiping, in fact, to, uh, to diffuse it. You know, I've, uh, like him probably, I've, I've hired a lot of consultants over the years, and I, and I kind of like the way he put it. He said, well, you know, when I came to the saving grace um, of the Lord Jesus Christ, um, I got three consultants. I got the Father who started life. I got Jesus who lived life, and I have the Holy Spirit who helps me through the daily demands and directions and requirements of life. Speaking of life, I quickly think of Joseph. Uh, you know, here's, uh, here's a man who was sold into slavery. He would have been probably 17 years old at the time. He didn't complain, rather he served others and ministered wholeheartedly to their needs. He labored diligently and with integrity and with God at the center of, of his being and, and his focus. Uh, and God blessed the work of his hands. Potiphar made him the, 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 uh, the master of his house. Uh, but his integrity, of course, got tested when Potiphar's wife tried to seduce him uh, a number of times. This wasn't just a one-off. This was you know, really, I mean, a concerted effort, a real test of integrity and, and, uh, and, his, and his diligence in that. You know, um, living a God-centered life, his response was, how then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? Thrown in prison, he remained faithful, of course, to the Lordness. His character and dependence on God ultimately uh, resulted in promoting him and him becoming the second only to Pharaoh in Egypt. This was after having served as a slave and or a prisoner for 17 years from the time that that purpose, that dream was originally revealed to him. Boy, that's, that's a, a tremendous example of integrity, of diligence and resilience in action, all attitudes born out of a relationship with the Lord. So I, w- I want to encourage you this morning with Psalm 37. Uh, this is verses 23 to 24, and remind you, failure is not a person. Failure is an event. The steps of good men and women Good people are directed by the Lord. He delights in each step they take. If they fall, it isn't fatal. Remember that. It isn't fatal. The Lord holds them with his hand. We don't know his ways are higher than our ways. It could be, um, you know, changing things around. We know that all things work for the good uh, for us in the Lord. Uh, so we, we all fail at times. But God's love does not fail. So let's face any failures that we have with faith in the goodness of God. I was um, thinking the other day about Thomas Edison, uh, you know, the great inventor. His, uh, his first teachers said that he was too stupid to learn anything. He was fired from his first two jobs for being non productive. Uh, and as an inventor, you know, a thousand unsuccessful attempts to invent the light bulb. In fact, when a, a reporter uh, came to him and said, So, what does it feel like to, to, uh, to fail a thousand times? And he replied, I didn't fail a thousand times. The light bulb was an invention with a thousand steps. So, love that attitude. That's, I think that's great. Back to our work. Uh, Ethic and set of values, we can see with this the uh, proverbs there. Solomon's wisdom encourages us to build, build our character on a foundation of integrity, on initiative, diligence, and resilience. Uh, There's another that that really underpins all of these. And, uh, you know, I, I I have to say, um, you don't have to look any farther than than our pastor at Dallas to, to see this um, in action and modeled so well, and that's humility. Uh, Hudson Taylor, uh, j- just a, a, a quote that just really, uh, really spoke to me, and that's, I used to ask God f- to help me. Then I asked if I might help him to do his work through me. I could just... I can just kind of feel the humility in in that, and I can just, you know, there's the clear, uh, it's clear that he has Jesus at first place. Now, for those who aren't familiar with Hudson Taylor, he was a a British uh, Christian missionary to China. He founded the China Inland Mission and was there for 54 years. Um, The society was responsible for over 800 missionaries in the country with 125 schools and over 20,000 Um, uh, Christian um, conversions, uh, just absolutely extraordinary. So when we think of humility, uh, from Proverbs 15, humility comes before honor. With humility comes wisdom. And I, I don't know about you, but I pretty regularly am praying for wisdom and for understanding uh, in the circumstances that, that we're in, and for all that we do, um, so that we can serve and serve better. Um, when it comes to direction, he guides the humble and teaches them his way. He gives grace. God gives grace to the humble. You know, we think about uh, mercy, getting what we don't deserve, but grace is... is uh, Mercy is... is um, not getting what we deserve, and grace is getting what we don't deserve. And reassurance, he crowns the humble with victory. I know we have um, a number of students or those that are going off to school, so I, 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 I pulled this out. This was um, references Galatians 6, and this was uh, a clipping from a, a newspaper in 1856. Interesting that this would be reported in the news. It was uh, sort of like a commencement uh, speech to students, um, and uh, the, the article says this. Mr. Wiseman then cautioned his young friends as to the habits they contracted In early life, whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. You sow an act, you reap a habit. Acts repeated constitute habits. You sow a habit, you reap a character. You sow a character, and you reap a destiny. Let them, he said, cultivate habits of industry, application, and order, that they might rely upon it with God's blessing. They would succeed in life. I always think of that, be uh, transformed by the renewing of your minds because what we think it begins to fuel how we act and then how we act, how we develop habits, how we do, our habits develop character and how that will help lead us to our destiny just as it did Joseph, just as it did Daniel uh, in, uh, as well. Um, back to quickly to flying again. Um, Our attitude, meaning integrity, initiative, diligence, resilience, and humility, uh, and how we interact with the natural horizon, in this case, the natural world, the work world, uh, determines our altitude. And by that, I really mean um, the strength of relationships Uh, and our ability to achieve our purpose. And when I talk about relationships, first and foremost, I'm talking vertical with the Lord, and then secondly, horizontal with, uh, with those around us. The primary rule of attitude flying from the training book is this. Attitude plus power... Equals performance. Because you got that throttle, sometimes you need to give lots of power to climb, whatever. But said another way, I would kind of put it this way: character plus relationship with the Lord equals purpose. The power that we get, you know, when we think of attitude, power, and performance, um, it's our relationship with Jesus and the working of the Holy Spirit in us that gives us the power. To uh, to uh, perform, if you will, to achieve our purpose—that which the uh, the plans that the Lord uh, has for us. Good works build goodwill and an opportunity for the good news. Just think of just think of camp, just think of camp. What we what we heard from from Brooklyn today, the. Uh, Good works, that working with the children, this camp j- doesn't just happen in isolation. This is, this is a whole, this is kind of the culmination, sort of the, the peak, the summit, if you will, of climbing that mountain all week, or all week, all, all year long. And then, sort of the, 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 the mountaintop, the summit experience being camp. So it's that, it's that good work all the year long that builds the goodwill in the hearts and the minds of, of the kids of the youth, and gives them, opens them to the opportunity to receive Jesus and, and what, a, what a testimony this morning. So I'll bring this in um, for a landing. Proverbs 12.11. A perspective when it comes to work was, was in the introductory video, and I think you, you, you caught that particularly right at the end, and we find that in, in Proverbs 12.11. Work as worship The word says, he who works his land will have abundant food, but he who chases fantasies lacks judgment. A contrast, as often is the case, of wise versus foolish. Fantasies in in Hebrew is rek, which means empty. Idle, worthless, reckless. It's kind of like buying the Powerball ticket and you've got a chance of 331 million in one of, of winning. You've got a greater chance of being hit by lightning five times in five years. The key here works. in, in here is, um, is Ebad in Hebrew, which is has the meaning to work, serve, do. And also most significantly to worship, minister, work in the ministry abundant food speaks to me not of wealth per se but true pos- prosperity which is God's favor his anointing and his power to achieve that which he calls us to do to achieve his will so again that perspective let's think of work as worship and how can we how can we uh, enact that in the workplace how can we do that with those with those around us well uh, let's just think about what work as worship kind of looks like here at the Rock Church. It's Brooklyn this morning here talking with, uh, with excitement and just, just absolute joy about uh, working at camp and serving and, and, and what was happening in the lives of kids. It was Roxy last week, the exact same thing. Uh, you know, it's, it's all those that participate in three weeks of camp for our inner city kids and and, and youth at risk. It's Glenn and Ruth speaking at camp last week. It's Scott Ziegler, really his comment last week just really kind of arrested me. I wish I could earn more so that I could give more. Now that is work as worship. Uh, It's Leah and all those in the kitchen. I know Pam, she's really looking forward to seeing you this week. Um, Our leaders and LITs, it's our tech and our worship teams and our greeters. Uh, it's Dallas and our pastoral staff, those who are engaged and involved with EHS, divorce care, uh, and it's supporting that which we're doing. The trifecta of generosity, the different ministries that uh, um, that we're engaged with, be it uh, Elbow Camp, um, Haven Family Connections, Hope Restored, Saskatoon. We've got the Salvation Army Lighthouse. I could go. I could go on and on. But work at worship. It's you in the marketplace. And I know you're busy, but God uses busy people. We just have to be open to, to his leading while we're in the marketplace. You know, think of, think of uh, when Elijah went to see Elisha. You know, Elisha was, he's got the 12 oxen. He's busy, he's busy plowing. He's working. But God was calling him. You think of uh, of uh, Simon, Andrew, James, and John. These are you know they're fishermen. They're these are hardworking people. They had to drop their nets moment in order to follow Jesus to be led by Him. We face those we face those kinds of challenges in the workplace. We just need to invite invite God in, invite Holy Spirit in to uh, empower us to give us uh, that we would exemplify the right attitudes. Empowered by Holy Spirit to enact, to and to, uh, uh, you know, really interact with the uh, with the, with the natural work world, and so I would just you know, leave that with you this morning. That uh, uh, think about the the values that that Solomon lays out for us: integrity, initiative, diligence, resilience, and humility. Those are the kinds of attitudes that will, that will give altitude to what you do, what you set your hands to. And most importantly, it'll create good, those good works will create goodwill and give the opportunity, open the door for the good news. Amen. Amen. Dallas, thank you. Bless you.
1: Getting this microphone was work. But I have a good attitude, Ken. Ken, that was great. Uh, Thank you very much for, uh, again, Proverbs, laying out all these different things we don't normally talk about. And as Ken, as some of you in this room are approaching the 100,000 Hour Club in regards to your professional and vocational work environment and time, and you add to that your unpaid work, is it any... Doubt as to why Proverbs speaks about work when you spend all those hundreds of thousands of hours in your life, that that would be discipleship playground for Jesus in your life. Attitude comes across like a nice illustration about the nose up on the plane, but hundreds of thousands of hours represented in this place in regards to what our integrity will be. How will we handle our colleagues? How will we handle our employees or our employers? And Ken, I felt prompted that we just need to take a minute and we're just going to pray. So would you bow your heads with me? So so many of us have had both positive experiences in the workplace and negative experiences. That to view the workplace as discipleship grounds is somewhat off-putting and not really all that inviting. And so we want to give Holy Spirit opportunity to kind of change our attitude in order that we could view our workplace not and our our work paid or unpaid in home, out of home, not as just stubborn duty, but as has been illustrated today, our work would be as worship. We don't have to get it right ourselves. The Holy Spirit wants to help us. So would you bow your heads with me? And if these words resonate with your heart, you can pray them either silently or out loud with me. Dear Jesus, I acknowledge today that work can be worship and that you want to disciple me in this area. You know the pain and difficulties I've experienced. Colleagues, bosses, employees. You know how I've Kind of grabbed onto some bitterness and resentment at times. That my light hasn't shone brightly at times. So I repent today and I ask you to forgive me for not having the right attitude about work. I forgive those who have sinned against me and stolen some joy. Forgive me where I have stolen the joy of others. Heal my heart. Transform my mind. Empower my body for the work that you have me do yet in this life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. That was good, wasn't it? And I encourage you that even that... One minute prayer that you would take the attitude behind it and carry it with you and that you surrender those moments of work to Jesus in the different times of your week. Um, I'm going to invite Alicia to come up. Great to hear the stories about shift camp and we're just going to do a quick interview with Alicia and uh, pray for camp. Uh, This is your microphone we're sharing today, friend. Who's the prettier on the stage now? I've got some work to do, you can tell. Alicia, we've been grateful to have you on the team for a number of years. Alicia was a summer student a number of years ago, went to finish her her Bible college and then came back and has been on staff since just before COVID and is leading our media department and youth ministry. So we uh, love you and appreciate you. Yeah, give her a round of applause. I don't know how she appears to you today, But if you want to recognize somebody with a heart of courage you look at a youth pastor who through covid at the worst point of it had one or two people on a zoom call on a friday night and three volunteers and over the past number of months has seen that number go over 30 with over a dozen decisions for christ that's perseverance that's working hard and that's that's giving it all to jesus so well done i just said how long you've been c23 director i'm talk answering questions that i'm going to ask Many people, including yourself, went to camp as part of growing up. You grew up going to camp. What is unique about the camp that you're going to direct this week, you and Brandon, compared to what a lot of us grew up going to? Um,
2: Yeah, actually, it was kind of cool. I was thinking about this question this morning, and as I was driving, I literally saw my cabin leader. Um, She was just walking to her car, and I didn't even know where she lived, and I just saw her, so I thought that was really cool. But at my camp that I grew up at, um, going to for many years, I really loved camp. I really looked forward to camp every year. It was exciting. Um, Jordan, uh, one of our ladies on staff here for the summer, she went to the camp that I went to. And, and so I have a lot of good connections from that place. And um, one of the things about connection at camp is it's just so intense and you get to meet so many people and you get to create these beautiful bonds, but then it ends at the end of the week at the end of the summer for those who serve alongside you. And the one thing that I really am loving about C23 camp is just that we get to continue that loving bond with these kids. We get to continue to minister to them throughout the whole year. And not only do we get to continue to minister to them, but we also get to continue to um, just grow their faith and help them to learn more about who Jesus is. And so um, I... I know for myself, it was a painful experience leaving camp, and so every year I would cry my eyes out because I was just so sad that I didn't get to see everybody, but it's, now it's more of a joyful cry because I know I get to be with them throughout the rest of the year and serve with them and, and get to teach them more about who Jesus is even after, you know, camp.
1: Cool. Tell us one unique thing, just one unique thing about C23 camp. We're running out of time. And then uh, uh, two or three quick prayer requests that people can be praying for. Um,
2: um, Yeah, so uh, the unique thing this specific year, and maybe this might not be unique to you because you've been there for many, many years doing camps, but I found this year was really cool because... um, This year, we have most of our regular C23 leaders able to make it out to camp this year. And that's not always the case, and I totally understand, like, life is, it's hard to get a whole week off for camp, and it's hard to be able to make, especially in the summer when everyone's busy and there's lots of places to go, and so this year specifically, we just, I've been blessed to have all of our regular leaders come out to camp and serve the kids this summer, and I think... I'm just really excited to have Monday, the day of we already are bonded well, and all of us know each other. We do have a lot of fresh wind coming in this summer um, for this, um, this week, and we also have fan favorite volunteers coming as well. But the, the specific people who have served all year get to serve this camp, and I think that's really exciting to start off um, the faith journey together just completely invested in one another. And what was the other question? Oh yes. Um, so this last little while we've had, like Dallas had said, we had a lot of um, new faces come out in the last like month to like three months, and and so lots of new faces, lots of new dynamics, lots of new um, kids who we may not have as deep of a relationship with as we had in years prior, but it's it's an opportunity to grow at camp. So just pray for like friendships, pray for people to kind of gel well quickly and. And, um, yeah, and also just pray that uh, our, you know, leaders would be able to continue that as well. And um, like Dallas had also said, lots of salvations. So we are looking forward to grow the kids, help them in their discipleship, help them to learn more about Jesus and to grow with them. as well. And so just pray for that to continue discipleship. And I really hope that the kids who have grabbed on to Jesus in the last few months will also help others to learn and want to experience that as well. So just be praying for that. And also health, I guess, is always a prayer request. Um, Yeah.
1: Awesome. Thank you. A couple quick things before we pray. I am stunned at how many people have taken holidays this week to go work at camp. Talk about unpaid work. Thank you so much to everybody who's given, but like I'm just humbled that people actually do that. And secondly, so I don't forget to say, we normally do a camp kind of wrap-up Sunday at the end of camp, so the end of July. This year we're going to postpone that and make that part of the party on September long weekend, and so we'll be doing some camp wrap-up then. Would you bow your heads with me, and uh, we'll pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day, and I thank you for Alicia and Brandon and the youth team and these volunteers and those who are stepping in for the first time or additional times in kitchen and different ways. Pray for Taylor and Brandon as they speak this week coming up. I pray for good ground in their hearts that uh, as, as the word is spoken, that it would would be received. God, I pray for great worship times. I pray that people would indeed... Uh, as. As uh, Alicia's asked, would just get going zero to 60 in the right direction from the first moment gathering together. I pray for great relationships. I pray for uh, good discipleship. And while we don't just pray for it to be smooth, we pray for it to be impactful. And we pray for the right conversations at the right times. We pray, God, in Jesus' name, that the right eyes would be open to the right situations for the right moment that the agenda would not become the the, the the important piece, but that the ministry would go on and it would de- change lives, both those who are there serving and those who are being served. So come, Holy Spirit, I pray that you would prompt each one in this room at some time for specific things to be praying. We pray for safety and health and protection in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Thanks, Alicia. Give her a round of applause again.